It's time for Between the Pipes with Andrew Raycroft. Hey, let's go. There's going to be a lot of traffic on the way to the game. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plate. People get out of my way. Au revoir. Have a good game. Great plates. I want them too. Are you even old enough to drive? Presented by Jun Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow on WEEI. Hey, will the Bruins flush their season tonight in game six? Want to tie into the client? Uh, the best of the business right there, Greg. This is something. Well, hopefully there's some hockey players that are the best in the business tonight yeah. for the Boston Bruins. We have one of the best analysts in the business joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline. Nesson and WEEI's Andrew Raycroft and our buddy Razor between the pipes with Andrew Raycroft presented by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow and by FindMassMoney.com. Go to FindMassMoney.com and see if there's any extra money waiting for you. Razor, good morning. As you can imagine, a lot of Celtics therapy going on right now to the point to where I don't even know if I want to think about Game 6, Razor, because I am not feeling good going into tonight. Why should I? Give me some hope. Because the Bruins have won both games at home this playoff. We we had the same fleeting feeling uh, four, five, six days ago when they came back from Carolina down 0-2, and, and they found ways to win without Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm. Now both of those guys are back in the lineup tonight. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm positive. I'm excited. Bruins are going to switch the feeling today for everyone. It's the perfect spring day out. Oh, okay. A little, oh, little positivity there. Now, according to uh, everybody who's at the uh, the morning skate, it looks like DeBrusque back on the top line with Bergeron and Marshawn, Hall with Halla and Pasternak. What do you think of that decision, if, in fact, that's what they go with? Well, we know that that's on the shortest leash you can possibly have of leashes. Uh, that will that will change throughout the game, depending on how things are going. But but. I, I like the idea of starting that way. I think that's the, the best way to try and get Hall and Halla going. I think that's also the best way to be able to keep balance through the lineup. And, and you know, you, you move Pasternak up to get Patrice and Brad going. I think that's happened. So uh, to start that way, listen, if they go down one nothing in the first six minutes, Pasternak's going to play 25 minutes with Bergeron and Marshawn at the end of the night. So it's going to be very, very fluid in that lineup depend how things go, but I like the idea of having those guys skate together this morning and skate together at least for the first 10 minutes of the game tonight. Razor, if the hamper is back and it's Lindholm McAvoy, top D pairing, who gets bumped with Hampus back in the lineup? Is it Grizzlick? I, I don't think it's Grizzlick. Grizzlick's been the guy all season. I know he's struggled the last – definitely game five was really brutal. Uh, he struggled in a playoff. But I think that with Lindholm and McAvoy in the lineup, you can then, and you're at home, so you can put him in a good matchup, Charlie, or sorry, Grizzlick in a good matchup. You can get him out there for offensive zone faceoffs, not just the defensive zone ones, and put him in a good situation. So I would assume Mike Riley would check out in that case. Now, it looks like, uh, well, after the first two games, one of the switches that Cassidy made was uh, Frederick out and Wagner in. And again, based on the morning lines, it looks like Frederick back in the lineup with Wagner out. Uh, Do you agree with that one? That makes sense to me as well. Yeah, again, these things, you know that those third and fourth line changes have uh, a, a, a short lifespan. In, in the playoffs. And when you, when you win a couple games, it stays. And as a fourth-line player, you know when, it, when the team loses, 
uh, you're on the hook. And that's, that's kind of how it works. You understand that. And, and I'm not surprised to see Frederick back in. We've seen him bounce back all season long. When he was benched, when he was put on the ninth floor, he's come back and, and really took it to heart and, and played better and played the way the coaching staff wants him to. So it makes sense to me. And, and they need that third line. Listen, they need that third line to be like it was in mid-March, the last time Trent Frederick came out of the lineup for a few games. So he has to dictate, that line has to dictate, and be really good for the Bruins to force a game seven. Andrew Raycroft with Gresh and Keith previewing the Bruins' big game six tonight where they're going to try to stay alive in the postseason against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Swayman is going to get the start here, Razor, and and I thought your your TV breakdowns were really good and trying to put into perspective First goal, he had a—I mean, he had a forward walk in on him because the defenseman and Taylor Hall was nowhere to be found. Then screened by three guys on the blast from D'Angelo. Then the terrible puck, like the truest example of on puck unluck, unluck puck, whatever you want to call it, where it <laughs> hops in on him. And then the next thing you know, it's three nothing. But what are what are the good? Like, what are the things that we can feel good about that you, with a trained eye, have seen this postseason from Jeremy Swayman that we can feel good maybe taking it either hopefully into a next round or into the offseason? Well, it's quite obvious this is his biggest start of his life, and, and he does have to bounce back a little bit from Game 5. The first goal wasn't great. That, has, that save has to be made tonight. There's no question about that. But the good part of his game the other night was when it was 2 nothing, and the Bruins didn't come out very well even in the second period, he kept it there. He kept it 2 nothing almost till the end of that second period, kept them in the game, kept it close, and then we, you just the unlocked puck, the puck unlocked, that happened, that, that killed everybody. But, but he battled through there. He battled through there. He's won both games at home again. You feel, he feels better at home. It's, it's easy to feel better, especially compared to a hostile territory like Carolina. So he should feel good. He has good vibes in the garden. And, and the way he battled through, despite giving up, not a great goal early on, a second goal that basically put the game out of reach, he still battled through that. He didn't get down on himself. He stayed confident, and, and he's got to be carrying that into tonight's game. He's got to be great tonight. Who do you think has the most pressure on them for the Bruins? Like, which, which player or players? Because for the last eight or nine years, it was always Tuka Rask. Like, fair or unfair, it was always <laughs> like, ah, oh, this one's on Tuka. If they win, then uh, we'll see when, it, when he chokes in the next round. And then if he loses, everybody can blame him. Now that you have the really young goalie, I don't think anybody's doing that with Swayman. And Marshan's been good in this series. So when you look at the best players, I feel like those guys have been pretty good. So is there anybody individually you think – has the most to sort of gain or lose tonight? Uh, well, we talked about Grizzly. I, I think he can gain a lot if he, if he gets on the board tonight, if he makes some good offensive plays. And listen, we talk about sec- I've been talking about secondary scoring a lot. The defense has to check in on that too. And, and that can be a Lindholm, that can be a McAvoy, that can be a Grizzly. Uh, I'm not expecting Forbert to do that. And, and the garbage time goal that Clifton got the other night, I'm not counting. So you can get some additional scoring back there. I think at the end of the day, the pressure, like I just said, was on, is on that third line. I think that they have to be difference makers. When the Bruins in 19 went on a run, it was Charlie Coyle and Marcus Johansson. Those guys made a difference. And it's not just good enough at this time of year to play a good 200-foot game. At some point in a series, you have to score a goal or two. You have to make a difference as a third line. And that, the Bruins need that tonight. If, if they don't 
check in tonight. If they lose and, and the, the third line doesn't produce, they don't get much going, I think we're going to point a lot of fingers at that this season, off season. Yeah, Razor, uh, is, I'm curious as to how you view kind of the start tonight. If you're the Bruins, do you need the fast start? I know we've talked about playing from ahead, but if you're Carolina, don't you have to come in here thinking, we got to slay the road dragon. they got to find a way to get this win. What do you expect at least early on in this game in terms of what Carolina is going to bring to the dance? You can go two ways in these games, in game seven even more so, but in these games you can be tentative. Uh, both teams cannot want to make mistakes. Both teams can, especially at Carolina, who's had a really hard time closing this team out. They can be extra nervous. They can feel more pressure that they have to get it done and not give it to chance in game seven. Uh, but but the Bruins need to score first, I feel like. It, it's been eight games this season that they have not scored first against the Carolina Hurricanes. The eight games they've played, they have not scored first, and that has to change at some point, and uh, I think that needs to be tonight. I think they need to get the crowd going early. We've seen where you get game seven, 2019, the crowd's ready to go. You give up the first one, you give up the second one, and it can get very quiet in the garden. So I think you want to get them back on your side. I think there's more pressure on the Bruins to score first, even though they have been able to come back on the Hurricanes twice giving up the first goal in the garden. I think the Bruins need to get that first one tonight. Uh, how have you felt about the officiating in this series and not using it as an excuse or anything <laughs> like that? I'm just, I'm shocked by the number of power plays. Cause I actually think our, right, you know, playoff hockey there's not nearly as many power play opportunities as there is in say the regular season. But my God, it seems like it's, it's hard to find what's a penalty, what isn't. And, and they, they seem to, I don't know. I personally have thought it has been outrageous. I don't know what you think. So I'm not even going to keep it to this series because that'll make me sound whiny at home. Or, like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm being completely unbiased. The entire playoff has been a joke. It's been so frustrating. It's been. I, I want the Stanley Cup playoffs to be hard-hitting. I want passion, intensity. I don't want it to be a special teams showcase. And it's really felt that way through the first five, six games of all of these series. Every like even the Toronto Tampa one. We all hate Toronto. They're getting calls against them where I'm I'm yelling at the TV like, how are you calling that to make it a five on three? The five on threes we've seen in these playoffs is we would see one maybe an entire Stanley Cup playoff three, four, five years ago. Now there's one every period in every game. It's wild to me. I'm really hoping it gets tightened up because I, I want to see two one games. I want to see three two games. I don't want to see five to two games mm-hmm. all the all all playoffs long. So it's been frustrating. I suppose you, on the other side, as a player, you have to recognize that. Certainly, the Bruins have to recognize that they can't use it as an excuse in Game Six and take six penalties on home ice. They've got to stay out of it. They've got to get away from it, and they've got to try and find a way for Carolina to take those extra penalties. All right, Razor, this might be the last tickle trunk of the year. Oh, no. Who goes into the trunk this oh, week? Oh, boy. Well, I, I've, I, I've hit on it. it for me, it's, it's, it's all motivation for that secondary scoring of the Bruins, and it's that third line, that fourth line. Someone's got to chip in with one. Someone that we haven't talked about offensively in a, in a really long time, whether that's, like I said, a, a Smith, a Coil, a Nosek, a Lazar, Someone's got to have one go off their head, go off their ear, go off their back, and into the net. Some of that puck puck that's yep. going for Carolina. Nice ear goal. A, a real ugly one. Like, as ugly as it gets, 
where they can celebrate and feel good. That's so that my tickle trunk is is for motivation. I'm putting the third and fourth line offensive capabilities in there, and, and let's see it. All right. Do they force a game seven? Yeah. Okay. They do. All right. They do. All right. Here we like go. It. You're on the record. I like it. Razor, thank you, friend. I'm we, on the record. That's right. We appreciate it, and uh, hopefully. Win, lose, or draw. We still have one yes. more Thursday. Stay in touch with you. Yeah, that's right. Stay in touch. Oh, actually, we'll see. Uh, you, you know where you'll find me. Yeah, yeah fill it say, in for Wiggy. We'll see. I was just gonna say we'll see you around a ton this summer. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Wiggy will have the summer off. Uh-huh. Razor, thank you, friend. We appreciate it. Bye, guys.